Yeah. Hey, just stay in a bit of a prayer mode with me right now, and let's close our eyes if you're comfortable to lift your hands towards heaven. Father, we come before you today in a historic time in the life of our nation, and we know that your uh, desire, your passion uh, is to pour out mercy and grace and salvation on our country as on every country. And as we come before you today, we, we look to heaven and we say, Father, do a great work for your glory in our land. Give wisdom, give strength, give grace to our leaders, to our new president, Father, to those that surround him. Father, we are believing that you are not only going to touch our governmental leaders, but that you are going to cause the church to rise up with greater strength, greater clarity, greater power, greater effectiveness than ever before. And we trust you for that in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. Just remain standing for just a minute because I just, I just want to appeal to you. I want your full attention. Uh, there's been a lot of things going on this week, no question. But uh, I just want to encourage you as the people of God, we have at our disposal one of the greatest, most effective ways to change history, and that is the power of praying and praying together. And, uh, you know, I watched thousands of people spend lots of money, lots of time to attend inaugurations, to protest inaugurations. And I just think that we've got to understand that every great move of God has always been preceded by a massive prayer effort. Our church is right two-thirds of the way through a 21-day prayer season. I just want to invite you again to be a part of our prayer season this next week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning at 6.30 to 7.30, Tuesday night, uh, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m., Wednesday night, mega worship. Come on, let's, let's seek after God with all of our hearts and see great things happen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Good to see you guys today. Everybody good this morning? You feel good? Amen. You may have noticed uh, that we swore in a new president this week, and uh, some people have talked about it a little bit. Uh, some people have opinions about it, and it's been, it's been an interesting thing. Suzette and I actually sat uh, and watched quite a bit of the, the whole thing unfold. And uh, I was really impressed and blessed at the, the pageantry of the whole event and just saw the value and the beauty of, of that event. The fact that as a country, we have for now, this is our 45th president, passed the baton peacefully uh, to the next leader, which isn't always the case in many, many countries of the world. But, uh, but, you know, we all know this, that, that in, in this, it's been extremely polarizing. And uh, you can see people that are entirely for the new president. And there are people who are entirely against 
the new president, and, and his administration. Uh, there are protesters uh, that are everywhere from legitimate uh, protest to rioters, which I don't believe is legitimate protest and uh, tearing things up. Uh, there are supporters uh, that are voicing their support. Uh, there are prayers <laughs> that are saying, oh God, please help. Any, anybody with me on that one? Oh God, please help. And uh, you know, what I find fascinating about it all is uh, within each person is some kind of operating system within them, some kind of mindset within them that would make them choose a posture towards this event. It, it's, it's a singular event that happened, but yet one person would look at it with disdain and disgust and one person will look at it with, Yahoo, this is amazing. Another person will look at it in, in indifference. But I, it is a fascinating thing to me how a, an individual event, no matter what that event is, whether it's the swearing in of a new president or whether it's an economic event or a, a life event or any kind of thing that happens in our life, it is an amazing thing to me to watch different people react entirely differently to the same event. And, and that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the power of a mindset, uh, the ability that each one of us has to have a, an operating system that works within us that, uh, that controls our words, that controls our actions, that controls our choices, that controls our Facebook post, that or not. Um, and, and, you know, it, I don't know if, if it's curious to you at all, but, but I, I look at people who I think are intelligent, uh, who are good-hearted, who are even godly, and the fact that they can see and perceive an event so differently then I see it or perceive it. And doesn't that make you step back a little and go, hmm, I wonder how they reached that conclusion to that. What I want to point us toward today is to recognize that every one of us has a mindset, and every one of us has an operating system, and every one of us has something within us, deep within us, that causes us to react to circumstances or situations or events or feelings entirely different than another person might. And what I want to encourage us all to do is learn how to react, learn how to act, learn how to process, learn how to view from as godly and biblical a perspective as possible. So we're in this series called Head Games, and, uh, and uh, the passage that we're working out of is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but our weapons are divinely powerful. For the destruction of strongholds. We are destroying speculations or reasonings 
and every lofty thing that's raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So this passage is telling us that there are thoughts that turn into reasonings, and then those reasonings turn into strongholds. And that there are many thoughts that are lofty things that are raised up against the knowledge of God. In other words, their thoughts, their reasonings, and then become strongholds that don't really factor God into the equation. They don't either factor in the standards that God has given us to live by, which are for our good, nor do they factor in the help or the power of God to get involved in our life. I hope we recognize this. It seems a very apparent to me uh, in this season that uh, there is a spiritual war going on. You know, in this world, I don't know how anybody could look out on the horizon of all things happening uh, in our world, in our nation, uh, even within our own city, and often within our own lives, and not recognize that there's a battle going on. And the Bible describes that there is this battle that's going on outside of us. There are principalities and powers and spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places that are making such a, a, a huge difference in the earth. What's happening in the heavens is affecting what's on the earth, which is one of the reasons we believe so much in the power of praying, because that's where you affect what happens in the heavenlies. But what I want to suggest to you that this passage is teaching us is that the biggest battle for you and for me is not the battle that's going on out there, the biggest battle that's going on is right inside of your head. It, it's not so important who the president is or what the economy is or what someone's opinion is or what new law the Supreme Court has passed or whatever is going on outside of us. The battle that matters the most for you to enter into God's best is really happening in your head. It is your thoughts. It is your reasonings. It is your strongholds. It's how you think. It's, it's, how, it's what you think. It's what you think about. It's how you think about what you think about. <laughs> And, and your thinking controls your choices, it controls your emotions, it controls your behavior, it controls all of the things that are forming your life. And I'm, I'm beating this nail uh, every week because I think that there are patterns of thinking that so run our lives that we don't even realize they're actually running our life. There, you know, there's, th there, here's, when you, a, a train of thought will take you somewhere. <laughs> when you get on the train, it goes there. That's why the Bible says, take every thought captive 
because some of those thoughts that come into your head are spiritually interjected as a suggestion to you that have, they have nothing to do with God's best for your life. So all of us have thoughts we've learned. We have thoughts we've made up. We have thoughts that our family taught us, thoughts that our culture has put inside of us, thoughts that the world sends at us, thoughts that we developed so that we could cope with what's going on. And the collection of all of those thoughts builds into our reasonings, and then our reasonings then build into our strongholds. Everybody getting this idea? So, so how you think about God really matters. How you think about risk, how you think about money, how you think about authority, how you think about politics, how you think about trusting, trusting people, how you think about sexuality, how you think about men, how you think about women, how you think about church, how you think about personal discipline, how you think about what's fun. All of those things are you and I have developed these reasonings that have eventually, for some of us, become our strongholds. And everybody, I'm convinced, has strongholds that hold them back from the very best that God has for their life. So there are people that have strongholds of poverty. They have strongholds of rejection. They have strongholds of fear. They have strongholds of worry. They have strongholds that say, nobody else gets close to me. I'm not going to get betrayed again. People have strongholds of rebellion. They have strongholds that always cause them to be in contention. They can't ever just play team. They can't ever just go along. They can't ever defer. It's just not within their operating system. It's not within their mindset. None of those negative strongholds probably are affecting you, but they're in my notes for second service because there's a lot of people that have struggles in that service. I want to suggest to you that if you could have a negative stronghold, you could have a positive stronghold, right? So you could build a stronghold of peace, and you could build a stronghold of joy, and you could build a stronghold of faith or confidence or a stronghold of abundance. So that's what we've been, that's what, that's what we're launching on, that whole idea. This is, uh, now my message begins. Colossians chapter 3, uh, and I want to talk about the power of a mindset. Colossians 3, starting in verse 1. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind. Everybody say, set your mind. Set your mind. Get your mind set on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. Hmm. 
For you have died and your life, your real life, is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Amen. The Bible says you've been raised up. So keep seeking things above. Keep keep going higher. Keep an above mindset. Set your mind, get your mindset on things above. Get the right mindset. There's a higher life for you and for me. Whatever you've experienced, whatever you have known to this point, I'm here to announce to you this morning, there is a higher life for you. There is. And, and the higher life for you might mean you draw closer to God. The higher life for you might mean your career. It might mean your finances. The higher life for you might mean the way you relate to people, the way you interact with people. The higher life for you might mean your style. Amen? You, the, a higher life for you might be the way you parent your children, because a lot of us are just parenting the way we saw our parents parent us, and look how we turned out. So it might be good to go higher. You could go, you could go higher in your service to the cause of Christ in the earth. Come on. I believe there are some of us at the beginning of a new year that are at uh, a crossroads where it's, it's time to take it higher. And so I just want to give you a couple little thoughts and then dive in. But number one is this idea is that your highest life, your best life in God is a raised up life. So just a simple idea, but, but a powerful idea. The Bible says you've been raised up with Christ. You've not been put down. God is not about tearing you down. God is about lifting you up. Well, one, of the, one of the things that, that marks what our church is about, you'll hear us say this all the time, we love God, we lift people, we change the world. Because we really do believe that every time God comes into somebody's life, he lifts their life. He lifts their relationships. He lifts their self-esteem, even, if you will. And we believe so much that God is coming into your world not to tear you down, but to lift you up. God is for you. God's not against you. And I'm, I'm all for legitimate biblical understanding of humility to recognize that he's God and I'm not. <laughs> that there are many areas that, that I am, am not hitting the mark and recognizing there's so much more to learn and all that. But what I don't want any of us to do is fall into some kind of false religious humility that keeps making you think you're less than who you really are in Christ. 
God is, not, God is not always at work tearing you down, telling you how wrong you are, telling you how bad you are. We're not singing the song, such a worm as I. Second thing is your highest life is found in seeking a higher life. The Bible says, keep seeking higher things. Keep going for it. Keep reaching for it. Keep seeking a higher life. I don't know, some people go, well, like, when is it enough, man? When you're dead, it's enough. But if you're not dead, you're not done. Don't think your best days are behind you. I said, don't think your best days are behind you. Keep seeking a higher life. You could be a better husband. Come on, I love to hear men say amen to that. Way better than ladies saying amen to it. You could be a more devoted follower of Jesus. You could grow your prayer life. You, there's a lot of things. You, you could relate to people better. There's a lot of, you can keep growing. You're not done. The, the third idea that I want to give you is this, is that your highest life is an exchanged life. Your highest life is hidden with Christ in God. In other words, you are, you are never going to find your highest life until you find your life that's in Christ. You without Jesus is never equal to you in Jesus. There are people that get things accomplished outside of Jesus, but so much greater their life would be in Jesus. You never truly find your best self until you find Jesus and then find yourself in Jesus. All right, so let's talk about this. Number four, your highest life is found in your mindset. The highest life is a mindset. No matter what God has done for you, no matter what price Jesus has paid, no matter what God's intention is for your life, no matter what he has promised to give to you, if, if your mindset is wrong, it all lies dormant. It doesn't work. Right now in this very room that we're sitting in, there, there are radio station waves that are coming across in this room. So if you had a radio, you could tune in to classical music if you wanted to. You could tune in to hard rock music if you wanted to. You could tune in to talk radio if you wanted. You could tune in to country music. Don't. You can only hear the station that you've tuned into. 
It doesn't mean that there aren't other stations out there. It doesn't mean that there aren't other signals going on out there. You can only, you can only hear what you're able to hear because of your mindset. You can only tune in to what your mindset allows you to tune into. All of us only can hear what we're able to hear. And the journey for that is understanding that every thought eventually becomes my reasoning, which eventually becomes my mindset, my radio preset, my operating system. So God could be saying to you, I want to bless you, but if you're not tuned into that, you'll never hear it. What station is your mind tuned to right now? Come on, we have all the possibilities in the world to, we could tune in, tune into AM, to FM, to XM. We could tune into cassette. Anybody remember those? We could tune into CDs. We could tune into Pandora. We could tune into Spotify. Come on, there's... I'm just saying to you, I remember when I used to listen to the radio, I'm a Spotify guy now, but when I used to listen to the radio, there were presets. Like I just choose this station, this station, this station, my favorite stations. And even though there were a lot of other things being broadcast, it was easy for me just to automatic go station one, station two, station three. Your mindset is just like a radio station. Why? Right, we looked at this scripture, Proverbs 23, 7, but as a man thinks within himself, or literally as a man calculates or reasons within himself, the, the way we think actually determines the signals we can receive. Everybody follow me on this? That's why somebody could look at the inauguration of a president and somebody could go, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And then somebody else could go, this is the most horrible thing that's ever happened. It's a mindset. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at this passage because there's some powerful ideas in here. Ephesians chapter 4 says this, in reference to your former manner of life, lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self. So the Bible is often telling us, put off the old self, put on the new. Consciously, as Suzanne was talking about, intentionally put off the old and put on the new, right? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the operating system. Be renewed in the mindset. Be renewed in the stations you can receive. Which in, put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Lay aside the old self, it says, be renewed in, the, in the, the spirit of your mind, the framework. Put on the new self. I think putting on the new self 
has a lot to do with aligning our mind to who God says we are in our new self, who we really are in Jesus. And, and the question I want to ask you, but the question I even want you to ask yourself is, what is my mind set to? Do I just expect everything to go wrong? Do I expect favor? Do I expect people to like me? Do I expect people to reject me? Because whatever your mind is said to, you are going to pick up those waves. Somebody could actually like you, but they might say something that you interpret wrong because your mindset is wrong, and maybe they're just feeling as awkward as you are, and the truth is they're actually wanting to engage a relationship. You know, when God, when God first created Adam, Adam, Adam was before the curse had full capacity of, of his mind. And the Bible says he, he literally was able to name all the animals. And he had dominion over things that were way more powerful than him physically. Now, we're told that most of us use 10% or less of the capacity of our mind. That means you got 90% of unused hard drive. And part of this, I think, is in this idea that scientists have discovered that there's two dominant portions to your brain. You have a left brain and a right brain. Uh, This is an ad that I think Mercedes-Benz put together a few years ago, but talking about the left side of your brain and how the left side of your brain is the logical side of your brain, the reasoning side, the calculating side of your brain, and the right side of your brain is the images, the pictures, the imagination. And there would even be some who study all this to say left side is conscious, right side is subconscious. So right side in actuality is your emotions and your feelings, and which actually, you're, if you realize it or not, you're making more choices emotionally than you think, how it makes you feel in a situation. And, and the truth is, conscious thinking is what comes across the screen right now. So consciously, you are observing me up here teaching the Bible. Uh, You are observing the room. You are observing the sound. You're observing, I don't know, whatever you're looking at on your phone right now. I don't know. Just, you know, consciously, you're assessing the whole situation. That's what comes on your screen. That's what's on your screen right now. But subconsciously, your, your mindset, your operating system is stored all these emotions and beliefs and memories and skills. And listen, listen. Every time something crosses the conscious, you see it. It happens. There's something within you that evaluates it 
and decides good, bad, ignore, run from, run to, this is legit, this isn't legit, this could happen for me, this could never happen for me. All that, all that stuff is going on, and often we don't even realize it's happening. I believe our, our subconscious, our mindset, our operating system, it, it's, the Bible also talks about it being our inner man. Ephesians 3 verse 16 says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So if something comes across our conscious view, but our subconscious, our operating system, our mindset is not in agreement with what's coming across the conscious screen, we eventually fall back to our mindset. That's why we keep eating wrong over and over and over again. Sorry. That's why we keep making the choices we make financially over and over and over again. That's why we can't ever settle into a church and have to move over and over and over again or a job. Anybody follow me on this? Because the things that are coming across, the data that's coming across screen, if it doesn't fit the subconscious, below-the-level operating system, we reject it. I, uh, I'm an I'm a Apple fan, Mac, Macintosh fan, and uh, 10 years ago, I bought a, um, a laptop, a MacBook Pro, and, um, and it, it's, it's just indestructible in many ways. And I have used it and used it and used it and used it. But what happened over time is that the operating system on this laptop got so old that any time an upgrade was sent out, I could no longer upgrade. So... I could, the computer still worked, the computer still works. But to upgrade to 2017, I had to get a new computer with a new operating system. I think a lot of us have developed coping operating systems that still work enough for us to get through the day. But anytime God wants to send something new into our world, instead of us being able to receive the new opportunity, we shut it down because we can't, we're not ready for upgrade. So somebody comes into our world that we think this would be wonderful. But, but something within us shuts it down. A coping, old operating system. Am I making this clear? That is keeping us from taking it higher, from going to a new place. So whenever God wants to send an upgrade into our life, our operating system, our mindset, our subconscious, our <laughs> is within us can't receive it. 
An opportunity comes across the screen and your subconscious goes, nah, you can't handle that. You never knew. A wonderful person comes into your world, subconscious says, no, you're not good enough for that. So you could come to a church just like this and hear me or anyone else stand up front and say, God wants you to flourish. God wants you to be healed. God wants you to to live in favor. God wants you to live in blessing. But there's something in you that goes, not for me. You don't consciously say it, but somewhere running in the background is something that goes, eh, disqualified. And I'm, I'm praying, I've spent weeks now on this whole concept of the battle that's going on in your head. Because it's as the, the operating system, the stronghold happens as simply as a thought that keeps being thought It isn't taken down, becoming our reasoning, then becoming our stronghold. And it goes the same in the other direction. A godly thought, a biblical thought, a faith-filled thought, a God is for you thought, held on to, becomes now your reasoning for life. And then becomes your stronghold. I want to pray with you today. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I am convinced without any shadow of a doubt that God wants your 2017 to be full of blessing. I don't say that it wouldn't be difficult, but I believe that the blessing of the Lord, the favor of God, the, the grace of God, God is aiming it toward your life today. I just want to take a moment to pray. Maybe you're here today, and the truth is, you've never actually submitted your life to Jesus. You've never actually given your heart to him. I would love to pray with you in just these next few moments, and let's take that step together. Maybe you're here, and you know that you are not where you want to be where you could be, where you should be in your relationship with the Lord. Maybe you used to have a great relationship with him, but it's not there now. This would be a great day for you to get a fresh start. Maybe you just feel unsure about where you really stand. I want to pray with you today. As I'm looking across this room, no one else is looking. All heads are bowed. All eyes are closed. Just a moment before God. If you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to give my life to Christ. I just want to submit to him. Or I know I need to come back to him. Or I know I'm not really confident about where I stand. Would you pray with me? I want you to lift your hand all over this room and say, that's me. Would you, would you touch me? God bless you, sir. God bless you right here. God bless you. Come on. Just be, be bold enough just to lift your hand and signify God bless you. Come on, anybody else? You just say, I want my life in God's hands. I'm not asking you to get your act together. Uh, I'm asking you to submit your heart to the one who is for you, to the one who loves you. Is there anybody else that says, I I know I need to make a move in my heart toward the Lord today? Thank you. Amen. We're going to pray this prayer. This is for everybody across the room that lifted their hand. We are so for you, and we all want to pray this prayer together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life 
to your love, to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, a new beginning as I give my life to Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.